I, I probably drank the way that society would say is normal, just average. But I woke up on this particular morning in March 2010 and I looked in the mirror and I just felt average. Welcome, everybody. This is For the Love of Money, where we are making you unapologetic about your pursuit of success by sharing the tools, tips, and stories of those who have already made it. My name is Chris Harder, and each week I will bring you incredible guests in order to prove that when good people make good money, they do great things. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another epic episode of For the Love of Money. Really pumped about today's episode because I'm sitting down with James Swanick. Yes, that James Swanick, the anchor on ESPN's Sports Center, not to mention a journalist for 20 years who has interviewed like the biggest celebrities. And I cannot wait for you to hear all of the things that we are about to talk about. Now, James is a very successful entrepreneur as well. And one of the keys to being a successful entrepreneur, of course, is making sure that your tribe pushes you to do all of the things in order to reach that next level of success. And that is absolutely why I put together and carefully cultivated my elite mastermind for anybody who is making multiple six figures all the way up to a few million dollars a year. Now, the whole point of getting into this mastermind is to throw you into not the next level, but the next few levels over the course of just one year's time by collaborating and learning from the best of the best of the best and getting support from you know 30 some other high level entrepreneurs that you could not otherwise afford to hire yourself. There's this sense of family that gets cultivated where everybody rolls up their sleeves They pitch in to help you get past whatever it is you need to get past, to give you the ideas that you need to get, to give you the connections that you need to have in order to get into the multiple seven-figure range year after year after year. That is exactly what we teach in my mastermind. Now, here's the cool part. The handful of 2019 memberships that are available have gone really, really quickly. There's only a handful of these left. And so I want the best people in the room, the best personalities, the people with the highest potential, not necessarily the biggest business, but the people that have the highest potential for growth and want to be in that room to help each other out as much as they want to get help on their business. If this is you, I'm giving you that loving nudge. I'm pushing you to go to fortheloveofmoney.com forward slash mastermind. Check out all the details there and fill out the application. When you fill out that application, you and I are going to have a phone call, a quick interview back and forth, and find out if you would be an ideal fit to be a part of this mastermind family for 2019. The spots are going quick, and I want the best of the best in there. And if that is you, then go to fortheloveofmoney.com forward slash mastermind. I cannot wait to see your application. Get on the phone, talk about your goals, and talk about how we are going to get you to those goals and even probably pass them. Fortheloveofmoney.com forward slash mastermind. Get over there and apply right away. So now we are sitting down with James Swanick. This dude is amazing. He's one of these guys that's kind of been there, done that with so many epic things in life. Like I said before, he's been an anchor on ESPN Sports Center for a long time. He's been a journalist for 20 years and has sat down with some of the most A-list celebrities you could ever sit down with. How cool would that be? He's also a sleep expert, an entrepreneur, a founder of the famous blue light blocking glasses called Swannies. You see everybody wearing those lately. 
and a founder of the 30-Day No Alcohol Challenge that is literally sweeping the country everywhere. And you're going to be surprised why he started the 30-Day No Alcohol Challenge. You're going to love this episode because we really have some great conversations about who and why he gave up alcohol and what it did for his business. We also talk about his incredible takeaways from when he volunteered, right, for this, for 11 charities in 11 weeks and which charity was his favorite and what the biggest lesson he learned was and how it then got applied to his business. We also get into why and how his superpower of connecting people pays off in a big, big way. So listen, everything about this episode is going to uplevel your life. So get ready, listen up, because this episode is incredible. All right, James, my friend, I am excited to uh, get to know a little bit more about you. How are you doing today? Chris, I'm doing so well. Thank you for having me. Totally my pleasure. So here's typically how the show works. I'll do a round of rapid fire in the beginning. It's just a fun way to help my listeners get to know you in a hurry. And then if there's something that comes up that we want to circle back around and do a deep dive on, uh, we'll make sure to do that. How's that sound? Sounds wonderful. Let's do it. All right. So we're going to start real easy. Where did you grow up? Grew up in Brisbane, Australia. I am a naturalized American citizen. So I guess you could say I'm Australian-American. I love it. And where do you live now? Venice Beach, California, about five blocks back from the ocean. Oh, so perfect. You're just a couple of miles from me right now. What is one of your all-time favorite quotes? Just do it and do it now. Mm, Love it. What is one of your superpowers? Connecting people. I'm pretty outstanding at connecting people. Ooh, that is invaluable. We are definitely going to circle around on that. What is one of your favorite books? Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi. That's a good book. What is one thing you're challenged by right now? Building out a monster back-end coaching program to my 30-day no alcohol challenge. I can't wait to hear more about that, by the way. When I was reading um, some stuff on you, that is absolutely intriguing. Favorite speech or advice you've ever given? Best advice I've ever given is, is just do it and do it now. And best speech I've ever given was at a Ty Lopez conference in Santa Monica a couple of years ago about the power of your network and how to make a lifelong community of friends and acquaintances who are all in your back pocket pushing for you to win. Mm, I love that. I call that uh, relationship capital. I can't wait to get into that a little bit with you. Who is someone who's changed your life? John Bon Jovi, the rock star, because because I grew up a massive Bon Jovi fan and he married his childhood sweetheart. He has four lovely children. He gives to charities. He believes in good causes and he gets to do what he loves every day. So he's like a wonderful role model to me. I love that. I share that ethos for the love of charity. What is one of your all-time favorite accomplishments this far? Well, I think a couple things. Quitting drinking in 2010 was a pretty big accomplishment because it's just completely transformed my life since then. And then I think um, building my first really significant business, Swanwick Sleep, which helps people sleep better, that gives me a great sense of accomplishment. Very cool. One thing you would change from your past? Probably should have married Jenny Davies back in Brisbane in the late (laughs) 90s. She went on to get married and have a couple kids. And my mom still tells me, oh, you missed out on that one, James. Oh my God, that's funny. Do you, do you tell her this still today? 
<laughs> All right, two more. What is something uh, generous you've recently done? I walked up to a woman in the Air One supermarket this morning, this very morning at 8.22 a.m. And she was a beautiful looking woman. And I walked up to her and I said, you are a striking woman. Wow. And what'd she say? She said, thank you so much. And then I turned around and I walked away. Mm, I love that. You know, what's funny is there are so many times that humans want to pay a compliment to another human and they hold back because society has made that awkward. So that is absolutely an act of generosity that you did for her. I love that. Last question is this. What are you grateful for today? I am grateful for the fact that I get to live in California and that this morning I enrolled a woman who was 53 into my 30-day no alcohol challenge coaching program because she told me that her life was just spiraling out of control because of her alcohol use. And so I'm grateful that I was able to inspire her to take action and join my, my program and I'm going to change her life. Wow, that's incredible. Good for you. All right, so let's dig a little deeper in the interview now. I'm actually going to circle back on a couple of those things in a moment, but I want to start with your backstory because it's actually fascinating. When I started researching you, I mean, you've been everywhere, you've done everything. Can you give us the high-level overview of your upbringing and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, well, I, I grew up in Brisbane, Australia. I got two younger brothers. I became a newspaper reporter right out of high school when I was 17, working for a Rupert Murdoch owned broadsheet newspaper called the Courier Mail. Did that from 17 to 23. And then I left to go and live in England, as many Australians do in their early 20s. And I got a job at Sky Sports, which is kind of like the British equivalent of Fox Sports and covered things like Champions League soccer and the British Open and golf and things like that. Made a big mistake, fell in love with a British woman who broke my heart. And uh, um I was like, I got to get out of this country to mend my broken heart. And I got on a flight to Los Angeles, California on September 30th, 2002, figured out how to stay in the country legally, um, started interviewing movie stars like Jack Nicholson, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, and did that for about six years. And then the financial crisis hit in 2009, and I lost a PR company that I'd just begun. And then 2010, I made some big changes, and I, I quit drinking alcohol and started focusing on health. I read that book that I mentioned earlier, um, Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi, which really inspired me to start looking into every new relationship with this conversation in my head of how can I help this person versus how can this person help me? And that completely transformed my life. I was able to go and get my dream job hosting Sports Center on ESPN. I became a television host for a couple of years and now gone into the entrepreneurial world um, where I help people sleep better. So I think being Australian and, and having a curious, like having an insatiable curiosity for the world has really put me in good stead to achieve a lot of business success and relationship success. Mm, I love that. I love the mission that you're on right now. When you were interviewing everybody a handful of years back, who's the most fascinating entrepreneur you ever interviewed? And I know that you listed celebrities, but what people don't realize is half of those celebrities that you listed are also epic entrepreneurs. Yeah, amazing. And, and, and people tend to have this story that, you know, Hollywood actors are, are not very smart or they're just pretty or whatever. It's actually not true. They're actually some of the most driven, successful, interesting people. I mean, I would have to say Arnold Schwarzenegger 
Well, I had the good fortune of interviewing him three times as a journalist when I was a journalist. And then in the last two years, I've been to his home in Bel Air twice as a guest of his because I raised money for his charity after school All Stars. So I get to go to his annual poker event at his home. And now I run into him two or three mornings a week at Gold's Gym in Venice Beach. He's not there at the moment. He's over filming Terminator now, but I get to work out next next to him. And uh, he worked in with me uh, on one particular morning. Which I was just thrilled about. But I think his entrepreneurial journey, you know, the fact that he came to, you know, he came to America, he made his first million selling real estate, seven-time Mr. Olympia, and then decided he was going to be a movie star, became a movie star, decided he was going to be a politician, became the governor of California, and then, you know, has done so much for charity. I, I, like, there's so much to admire, I think, about his entrepreneurial journey, not just his, you know, journey in the, in the field of athleticism, I guess. Did you read his book, Total Recall? I did. So good, wasn't it? Wonderful, wonderful book. I, I got. I actually even interviewed him about Total Recall when I was at his home a couple of years ago. It was great. Mm, I love that. That actually set me on a journey to seek out more autobiographies, which became my favorite books. I learned the most from other people's journeys. You know, when you hear just how down and out they were at certain times, and you know where they are today, it makes any hurdle you have in front of you seem minuscule or at least navigable. Right. I, I love it as well. Um, I, I read a book a day, and just to be clear, the, the books that I read in a day, which is usually about an hour, are, um, are nonfiction books. But the biographies, I like to take a little bit longer on those ones. Those ones I might take, I might, I might take, you know, a few days or a week to to complete because I like to get into the nitty gritty of the story a lot more. Tell me about this reading a book a day, and and let me give some backstory. So I once read thirty books in thirty days when I felt like I needed to snap out of just being good, and I wanted to get to great, and I knew I needed something to kind of change some of my habits. So I took on this this challenge, so to speak, of reading thirty books in thirty days and, and nailed it. And I got the idea from Ty. Is that where you got the idea, or were you doing that before Ty? No, no, I got the idea from Ty. I, I was Ty's first uh, student, if you like. He was, um, I paid him $25,000 five years ago to mentor me for 18 months. And one of the first lessons that he gave me was, was read a book a day and, and showed me how to do it. So mm, I love that. So what are your practices for reading a book a day? Help other people out there that want to do this. Yeah, well, well, actually, I did a video on this a few years ago. If you go to my YouTube channel, James Swanwick, and type in how I read a book a day, that'll give you a lengthier version, like a 45-minute version of how I do it. And I actually go through a book. I think I, I think the book I go through is the, the Amazon store, the one about Jeff Bezos and Amazon. Mm-hmm. Um, but how I do it, if I'm doing it with a nonfiction book, is I'll read the cover, I'll read the back cover, I'll read the, the list of chapters... And a lot of the times, the chapters will actually reveal what the main points of each chapter are. You know, like the skill, the very skill sets that you're trying to to pick up on. And then I will skim through the book. So if I'm starting on the first chapter, I'll read the intro. Oh yeah, just looking, looking for things, and looking at the first line of each paragraph. What are they saying? Okay, great. Move on to the next chapter. What's this chapter about? Okay, they're trying to make the point of this. Got it. How are they teaching you how to do that? Where is it? There it is. Got it. Yep. Okay. Okay. They're using examples here. All right. I don't need to look at the examples. Right. Keep moving forward. Keep moving forward. So 
here's the thing. People say, oh, that's not really reading a book. Well, what is the purpose of a nonfiction self-help book, for example? It's to take something from it that you can go and action. But I'll tell you this. If I ask you to tell me three amazing lessons that you got out of a book that you read two weeks ago, you would really struggle to tell me what it is because it goes in one ear and then it kind of goes out the other or you, you recall it for like two days and then you forget it. So I'm looking for like one, maybe two big ideas, big actionable things that I can take out of every single book and then go and take the action versus just saying, oh, I can read a book a day, I'm so smart and do nothing about it. That is absolutely how I view it as well. If you can take away a couple of huge actionable items per book, that's the entire point of that book existing, right? And I think that when people think about reading a book a day, they get too caught up in the details of physically reading every single word in there. When that's, if anything, that might cause you to skip or not retain what it is that was the big point that you, that you wanted to retain. So I love that you do that. So would you recommend that for everybody else? I mean, 100%. Just If you can learn the skill of reading a book a day, you can speed up your learning, right? But not just learning for the sake of learning and feeling good and getting a dopamine release and saying, well, I'm so clever. I mean, like learning and then taking action. Mm. There's a massive difference. Massive difference. So yes, learn, learn how to read a book a day. And your whole life can transform. Huge difference. Okay, so I want to kind of shift gears. And something else you had mentioned in your story was when you quit drinking. And I think if I followed your timeline correctly, somewhere around 2009, 2010. Do I have that right? That's right. 2010. It was March 2010. Okay. So first question, why did you personally quit drinking? I was a social drinker. So I wasn't an alcoholic. But I would have a couple drinks each night On the weekends, I might drink a little bit more. Sometimes I might get drunk, but nothing too crazy. Like I I, I probably drank the way that society would say is normal, just average. But I woke up on this particular morning in March 2010, and I looked in the mirror, and I just felt average. I I put on a little bit of weight, so the little bit of weight, fat was kind of like hanging over my belt, and my skin looked tired and weathered. I was low energy. I don't know. I just, you know, I was kind of like a five or a six out of 10. I wasn't like in the gutter and struggling, but I was just kind of like blah, just like I was existing in the world. And so I just said to myself, you know what, James, just give up the booze for 30 days and just see what happens. And so I did. I quit for 30 days. And in 30 days, I lost 13 pounds of fat. My skin improved. I slept better. I got more clarity and focus when an opportunity came up to audition for Sports Center on ESPN. Because I wasn't drinking, I had that clarity and focus and energy. I went for it and I got that job and I ended up hosting Sports Center on ESPN for two years. And relationships improved, outlook improved, well being, happiness, everything just improved just from committing to quit alcohol for 30 days. And since then, I've taken on just a whole host of other healthy habits and exercise and nutrition and sleep. And so it wasn't born out of, oh my God, my life is so terrible. It was born out of, oh my gosh, my life is just average. James, this is a really good wake-up call actually, because I feel like people 
feel like the only time you quit drinking is when you've reached rock bottom and it's cost you something you know extraordinary and or you embarrassed yourself in a, a crazy way or you know just some version of it almost being forced upon you but that was not your case at all you just were tired of being average so to speak and you wanted to be extraordinary right so I, feel, so I feel like it's going to be a great wake-up call to other people out there that want to be a higher-performing entrepreneur, a higher-performing version of themselves. Tell me about your 30-day no-alcohol challenge. Yeah, so I, I quit in 2010, and, and entrepreneurs especially kept asking me around 2014, early 2015. I said, are you, the, are you that guy who doesn't drink? And I'm like, I guess so. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, I don't drink. And they're like, how do you do that? And I said, what do you mean, how do I do it? Just, well, how do you like have fun and socialize without drinking? And how do you go out with clients or do business deals or whatever when drinking and is such a big component of that? And I, I kept getting this question. And so I was sitting in the Andaz Hotel on Sunset Boulevard in West Hollywood with a friend of mine, Mark Dahmer. And I was telling him this. And I said to him, you know what, Mark? Maybe I should just build a program, call it, 30-day no-alcohol challenge. And people who sign up, I'll send a video to them every day for 30 days with a little tip on how to not drink that day. And maybe I'll just do it. And he said, yeah, 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 you should do it. And so I shook his hand and I said, I commit to making my first sale 30 days from now. And so I recorded 30 pieces of content, 30 videos. I built, signed up to, I think it was a I may have been MailChimp or Active Campaign email responder. I stuck the videos in there. I wrote some emails, created a little website called 30 Day No Alcohol Challenge, stuck up a basic landing page. And 30 days later, which happened to be Super Bowl Sunday of 2015, I launched and one person bought. Um, and I charged $67. And I just borrowed the $67 because Ty Lopez was selling. Sure. 67 steps. steps yep. I was like, oh, I'll just make up a price. $67. That'll do. And one person bought, and I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I got a business. I guess I got a business. <laughs> and then since then, I've helped almost twenty thousand people quit drinking for thirty days. And a lot of people will stay quit and have stayed quit. And then a lot of people will return to drinking, but at a far more at a far reduced amount than what they were before they they took the challenge. And the results have been uh, losing fat, getting fit greater clarity, better looks, sleeping better, more money, more productivity, more energy, greater happiness. It's, it's pretty, pretty amazing. Dude, James, this is amazing. 20,000 people. Think of the huge ripple effect that you're creating. That's a lot of lives changed. Tell me about a transformation that really stands out to you. Well, there was, uh, there's a couple that come to mind. There was a, I was at the Paleo FX conference in Austin, Texas um, last year. I think it was last year. I think it was August last year. And I was just walking around and this woman came up to me and she said, excuse me, are you James Swanick? And I said, yes. And she said, my name's Hannah. I said, hi, Hannah. She said, you saved my marriage. And I said, what do you mean I saved your marriage? And she said, my husband and I were heading for divorce and we both drank. And we both, we didn't drink a lot, but like we drank enough that it was affecting our relationship. And... We came across your 30-day no-alcohol challenge online, and we both said, let's just do it together and see what happens. And as a result of that, we communicated more, and we worked through our issues. And now we have a beautiful, loving, authentic, 
amazing communicative relationship. Wow. And, and I just want to thank you. I was like, you're so welcome. That's amazing. So that was kind of cool. There's another guy who lives over in Ireland, and he was going through something similar. He was not an alcoholic, but he drank enough where he was waking up in the morning feeling tired and irritable. And his, he was also married and had a couple of kids. And he has now gone, I think, I think it's almost three years. I think it's two years and 10 months um, without a drink. And he always does these video testimonials for me now, which is kind of, which is really, <laughs> he's always like, oh my God, when I met James, I, my marriage was struggling and I didn't have, I wasn't connected to my, to my kids and I was overweight. I had low energy and my business was suffering. And then since I quit drinking, I got reconnected to my wife and my children. I run every day. I've been hiking. I eat better. I've lost 30 pounds, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So those kind of, they're the two that kind of stick out to me, I think. Well, remarkable. Well done. This is, I'm going to take your, your challenge at some point very soon. It, it really spoke to me when you said you were not at a rock bottom. You, you, were, you didn't wake up in some gutter somewhere. You didn't do anything like that. You just simply got tired of having maybe a, a little extra layer of fat and feeling a little bit groggy because you connected over drinks the night before and, and you were just a social drinker. And, and that's probably me. I bet you once a week, I'm a social drinker. So you know, not a big deal by any means. But that's also once a week that I feel groggy or like I did not get sleep or not my best version of myself for the next day or two afterward. So you know, if the math works out, I'm losing 100 days a year worth of peak performance just by having one day a week where I'm being a social drinker. So I think I'm going to take your challenge and, and just see what shifts for me. How does someone join the challenge? 30daynoalcoholchallenge.com. You made it real clever. <laughs> yeah, put a lot of thought and, <laughs> a lot of thought energy into that. Yeah. So here's a good segue. One of the reasons why people will drink socially, uh, especially in entrepreneurship, is they feel like they connect with people better. If you're at a meeting or if you're meeting somebody new or if you have a little bit of nervousness and your superpower that you listed above was connecting people. You said you're outstanding at it. Tell me a little bit more about this superpower being able to connect with people and connecting people. Well, I start each relationship with how can I help this person? And I don't mean at my expense where I'm giving all the time and sacrificing my own life. I mean, what's just a very simple thing that I can do to A, make this person feel terrific and B, just help them. And and usually that can be the way I do both of those things is A, I just listen. I, like, I'm, a, I'm a master questioner. Like I'll ask questions that elicit interesting answers and then I'll use those answers and as they're answering, I'm thinking, I know who I can connect this person to. I'm going to connect this person to John or Ty or Mark or Chris. And then I'll, and then I'll make the connection. And I don't ask for anything in return, nor do I expect anything in return. I just do it because I can. And what happens is, is that I build up this social credibility with people where people are like, ah, oh, James Swanick. Yeah, he's a, he's a great guy. Or James Swanick, he introduced me. In fact, I got a message just this morning from my friend Gina, who lives, she's a British woman. She lives over in Ubud in Bali in Indonesia. And I'll read it to you if you like. This is an example of the thanks that you get from people when 
um, you introduce them to someone and you help change their life. And she said, Josephina and I were discussing how lucky we are to have met each other this evening and you helped us to do that. So a big thank you. Wow. That is awesome. I call that relationship capital that you're building up. And I often teach that relationship capital is more valuable than good old-fashioned capital capital. Would you agree, disagree, and why with that statement? No, no, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, they say that your net worth is in direct relation to your net work. That, that's the fancy phrase, right? So if we're putting this in a business sense, your network impacts your net worth, right? Like who you know mm-hmm. impacts your ability to be able to do business. Yep. And that is true. That is true. How you even get to network with them in the first place is by being a servant, is by leading with generosity. So you have to you have to lead with generosity with people in order to earn an authentic relationship with them. It's the only way. So I think if you can just lead with how can I help this person? I'm going to connect this person to this person. Then all of that amazing stuff comes back to you. I'll give you one classic example. The mere fact that I am friendly or an acquaintance with Arnold Schwarzenegger is because I went and raised $27,500 for his charity, After School Mm All-Stars. So I went out there and I raised that money and I raised that money for his charity. And because I did that, he invited me to his annual poker event at his home where I got to meet him and I got to meet the magician David Blaine and I got to meet the actor Tom Arnold and I got to meet Sylvester Stallone. If you go onto my Instagram account, at James Swanwick, and you go back mm, maybe three or four months, you'll see you'll see a photo of me and, and Arnold Schwarzenegger outside Gold's Gym after we did a little workout um, together. And if you go back even further, you'll see a photo of me and Sylvester Stallone there as well. So why do I get to interact with these kind of highly successful people? It's because I led with generosity. I led with, I'm going to go and do something for Arnold Schwarzenegger, which is raise money for his charity. And then because of that, I get invited into his world. Mm, So valuable. What a great example. You know, you mentioned charity and and I've met some of my best friends and have formed some of my strongest business partnerships because of having that common ethos of always showing up at the same gala or always showing up at the same charity dinner, you know, et cetera, et cetera. What has being involved with charities done for you? And um, what are the charities that mean the most to you these days? I volunteered for 11 charities in 11 weeks earlier this year. In no February. way. Okay, you've got to tell that story. Yeah, well, I, I actually had a bit of a midlife crisis slash meltdown slash existential crisis in, in February and March of this year. Um, I ended a romantic relationship that I'd been in for a few years, and I thought I was going to you know, create this whole life with her and became apparent that I wasn't. And... That was enough to trigger a whole set of mental breakdowns where I questioned everything that I'd ever done. Like, wow, have I messed this up? And should I have just stayed in Australia? And why am I living here? And my business is no good. Everyone else is crushing it and I'm not crushing it. And I'm such a failure. I mean, it was all ridiculous stuff. But in that moment, in that time, I was like, wow, like, I feel like rock bottom here. 
Nothing was actually wrong, but that's how it felt in my head. And the way that I got through that was focusing my attention on serving someone else. And in this case, it was 11 charities in 11 weeks. So I went to Ronald McDonald House and I volunteered. I went to Meals on Wheels in Santa Monica and I helped deliver meals to people who were invalids in their own home. I went to um, the Make a, Make a Wish Foundation and worked with some kids. I uh, went to the homeless shelter in Santa Monica and went and served food uh, one night on a Friday night there. And all of those things got me out of my head and thinking, oh, me, 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 and started looking at, wow, there are people in the world who are so less fortunate than me, who have so many struggles and so many challenges, and I'm going to serve them. And so that really got me out of my stress anxiety, elevated my mood, and then ultimately got me through that six to eight weeks of what felt like depression. Freaking Amazing. Okay, 11 charities in 11 weeks. Two questions on that. One, which charity stood out to you the most? And I always know it's such a subjective term, but which charity stood out to you the most as one that you know really resonated with you and is maybe most important to you? And number two, what is the, the best lesson you took away from that 11 weeks? Uh, Schwarzenegger's After School All-Stars resonated with me the most. So it's not the seemingly the sexiest thing where... You know, like the sexiest thing would be you're helping kids with cancer, right? Because you go in there, you see see someone in hospital, they've got tubes coming out of their nose, they've only got, maybe they've got months to live and whatever. And like that really pulls at emotional heartstrings, right? Right. But the After School All-Stars, which basically goes into schools in South Central LA, into schools where there's a lot of crime or violence, and a lot of these kids don't get the same level of education or mentorship or support that other schools do, which have you know higher budgets or they're in nicer areas. And so me going into central LA, like south central LA, into some pretty dangerous areas and going into those schools and seeing those kids and giving a talk about career options after school and life decisions and really seeing them impacted when, when they asked me questions and I would give them the answers. That to me really struck a chord because what it, what it showed to me is that I was impacting the, the, the adults of tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm able to be a mentor, if only for an hour and a half, in, a, in their lives when they most of them don't have any mentors. They have a father who's an alcoholic or they don't even know who the father is. They've got a mother who's, you know, a poor mother and bad role models and they're poor. And so being able to go in there and, and, and pass on my knowledge was really rewarding for me. What was the one lesson you pulled out of that 11 weeks? The, maybe the uh, most significant lesson. The most significant lesson is that I was living inside of a story in my head. Nothing was actually wrong. But I had created a story that something was wrong. So I think the lesson was that for me, there is no good and there is no bad. There's just a bunch of stuff happening. And my perception is what makes it good or bad. That is so valuable. I love that. That is such an empowering perspective shift to have, right? Because with that type of perspective, then the colored lenses that you're looking through, so to speak, 
will always cause you to have a positive result instead of a sabotaging result. I love that. And it's so funny, I just mentioned colored lenses. This is totally an offshoot, but when you and I were chatting on Skype, you were wearing those blue blockers. And when I was researching you before, I noticed that's one of the products you have. What is the rage behind these right now? I create blue light blocking glasses. They're called Swannies from my sleep company, Swanwick Sleep. And they have an orange lens to it. And so you'll put on these orange lensed Swannies glasses, mostly at nighttime in the last hour before you want to go to sleep. Now, what that does is this. The orange lens blocks out the artificial blue light that is used to light up a display. So right now, you might be listening to this on a phone. So look at your phone. All of that light that's coming out of your phone is is blue light. And blue light, if you expose yourself to it at nighttime, disrupts your sleep. What it actually does is that blue light destroys your melatonin production. And so if you're the type of person who lies in bed scrolling through Instagram or Facebook or email or watching HBO or whatever it is, at nighttime, you are destroying your sleep quality. So what these blue light blocking glasses do is that you wear these glasses in the last 30 minutes, 45 minutes before you want to go to sleep. You can continue watching TV or using your computer or or scrolling through your phone. The blue light does not get through. Therefore, your body is able to naturally produce melatonin. Then you remove the glasses in the moments before you want to roll over and go to sleep. And therefore, you fall asleep quicker, you sleep deeper, and you wake up feeling much more refreshed. So this is not just a a, a fad. Like This is the real deal because I am seeing them everywhere lately. Yes, is the short answer. Yes, it's it's the real deal. Here's the thing, right? Until the turn of the century, until like the late 1800s, we lived by candlelight. Right? We lived by candlelight, flame. Mm-hmm. That's how we would light up the night. Mm-hmm. And then Thomas Edison mass produced the light bulb at the turn of the century. And now all of a sudden, and you can trace this all the way through the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, all of a sudden we've got all of these, and the Industrial Revolution, we've got these big warehouses and homes with artificial light. And now we're staring into this artificial light. And then in 2009, or no, sorry, 2007, I think it was, Steve Jobs and Apple released the iPhone. Mm-hmm. That was a huge monumental shift in the way that we interact with technology because now we're staring into this phone that's emitting a blue light. We're literally staring into a mini sun every single day and every single night. And so think about your electronics use today. You've got a computer, blue light. You've got a phone blue light. You've got a bathroom light, blue light. You've got an iPad, blue light. And all of that blue light tricks your body and brain into thinking that it's daytime, even though it's nighttime, which means you don't sleep as well. When you don't sleep as well, what happens? You're not as productive. You're not as clear-headed. What happens then? You don't make as much money in your business. What happens then? You start to have lower levels of happiness. What happens then? You start to eat sugary foods to give yourself a little bit of an energy boost. What happens then? You start to put on a few pounds. What happens then? You start to feel a little bit low about yourself, so you have a couple drinks. Next thing you know, you're spiraling out of control, and it can all be traced back to the fact that you're staring into blue light, into blue light at night. So block the blue light, wear a pair of blue light blocking glasses, whether it's 
my glasses, Swannies from Swanick Sleep or whether it's some other brand, get yourself a pair, wear them in the last hour before you go to sleep, your life will transform. All right. I'm taking that challenge as well. We, we have so many companies that have sent some to the house here um, that I've actually never tried them on. I've actually never really tried them. So I'm totally taking that challenging to see how my sleep changes. My wife, Lori, and I put a huge emphasis on making sleep a priority. And it's one area in our life that we've done a really good job. And I feel like too many entrepreneurs out there, being that you're a sleep expert, you'll get this. Too many entrepreneurs feel like foregoing sleep and muscling out some extra hours of work will make them more successful. I am of the position that getting better sleep you'll be able to do the same amount of work in less time. What are your thoughts on that? Sleep is everything. I mean, it, 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 you're literally rejuvenating your body and your brain when you sleep effectively. So if you sleep the way nature intended you to sleep, you'll have greater clarity, greater focus, higher energy. You'll have better sex. If you're a man, you'll have higher testosterone. If you work out in the gym, your muscles will get bigger because you, they've, they've been able to repair themselves in the night. When do your muscles grow? They don't grow in the gym. They grow when you're sleeping, when they're repairing from what you've done in the gym. When do you make money in your business? When you're clear in mind and you focus. How do you focus? By sleeping well, by repairing all of the glucose that you have expended throughout the day. When you're working throughout a day, you're literally sapping your brain of glucose. When do you refill the glucose tank? When you're sleeping. How do you sleep effectively? Block the blue light at night. I actually get a kick. I think we found your new marketing line, by the way. Better sex, bigger muscles, and more money. <laughs> there's, there's the best reasons in the world to go get some, some blue blocking glasses. So let's, let's start to put a bow on this a little bit. I... I absolutely love the last 40 minutes or so because I can tell we share a lot of the same common ethos around giving and connecting and generosity and, and you know high performance and being open to change and open to trying new things on for size. So let me ask you this. Of everything that you've done in your life, give me an example of how generosity has played the most important role in it. When I completed reading that book, Never Eat Alone by Keith Ferrazzi, I set myself a goal, a 30-day challenge of helping 30 of my friends in 30 days. So I went, I'm just going to reach out to my friends and go, hey, what's going on? What's happening? How can I help? And I drew up a list on a whiteboard of 30 of my friends. And one of those friends who's, I think, number eight or number nine is a friend of mine called Craig. And he was going through something and I offered to help and I helped him. And he said, thanks very much. And then a month later, he phoned me and said, hey, ESPN is looking for an international anchor to host SportsCenter. And I know you have no TV experience, but I thought you'd be really good for it because I know you love sports and I, I just think you'd be good on camera. Do you want me to introduce you to the ESPN producer? And I went, hell yes, I would. And so he introduced me to the producer. Two weeks later, I got on a plane. I flew over to Bristol, Connecticut, where ESPN is based. And I went and auditioned for SportsCenter. And after my second audition, the producer said, great, you're hired. I want you back here in two weeks. And two weeks later, I made my debut hosting 
probably the most iconic sports TV show on TV. Sports uh, on ESPN. I mean, it doesn't get much bigger than that, right? I'd agree. And if you trace it back, I, you trace it back to just giving and not expecting anything in return. I helped my friend Craig. Craig then thought of me 30 days later when an opportunity arose and the law of reciprocity, I wasn't expecting anything in return, but he came to me and said, hey, I think, I think you'd be good for this. Do you want me to introduce you? I mean, I, that's the best example of just giving, not expecting anything back, but then getting amazing things back. Mm, that's, that's actually one of the coolest examples I have ever heard. I love that. So where can we find you? Where should everybody be following you? Because you are absolutely somebody worth tapping into. Thank you. 30daynoalcoholchallenge.com, swanwicksleep.com. My, my last name is actually pronounced Swanwick, but you spell it Swanwick. So it's, <laughs> it's S-W-A-N-W-I-C-K, Swanwick Sleep. You can see all the Swannies, blue light blocking glasses there. Uh, I'm on Instagram at, at James Swanwick, and uh, my website is jameswanwick.com. Awesome. Last question I ask everybody, I love the diversity of answers I get, and that is this. Give me a reason why people should be unapologetic about their pursuit of success. Because we only get one known life, and time is just tick, 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 ticking by all the time. And guess what? Bang, another five seconds is gone since I started saying that. So time just keeps on going, right? It's going, going, going. Make the one known life that we have be as amazing as it can be. And so be unapologetic. Go out there and do what you want to do. Be who you want to be and do it with passion and do it with fun. And if you can do it serving people, wow, what an amazing life you're going to have. Oh, so, so good. James Swanick, thank you so much. I, I love the past 45 minutes I spent with you. So much value in such a short amount of time. It is no wonder that you've been so successful and that you're impacting so many lives. Thank you, Chris. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Totally my pleasure. Thanks for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who is as successful as they are generous, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you help me get this cause and this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way if you take 30 seconds and leave me a five-star review and share this with your friends. I'll be forever grateful. And until the next episode, cheers to your success.